leftovers, or the DMV, or house cleaning, or Chumba Casino always brings the fun. Play over a hundred different games online for free from anywhere. You could redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. Live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. We're prohibited by law. T plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet. But if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox Internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com internet for details. Welcome to another episode of Duncan Dynasty. Thank you so much for tuning in. I am Garrett Bouguet. Unfortunately, Anthony Brown is not with us this week. I apologize uh, to all of you that love Anthony. Uh, he was not able to uh, make it for the recording of this episode, uh, but uh, I decided uh, to do one on my own. And uh, on this episode, I'm going to mostly talk about, uh, we're, we're just about at the third of the the one-third mark of the NBA season. Most teams have played around 26 to 28 games, uh, which is about one-third of the 82. Uh, So I thought I would go through and list uh, the teams in tiers in terms of how they've performed uh, so far this season. I'm also going to be uh, at the end talking about uh, if the season ended today, uh, who would win those, you know, uh, important awards in the league. Um, but, uh, first off, let's get to tier one and at the top of the list, the best team in the NBA so far this season has been the Houston Rockets. Uh, they have a record of 21 and four. Uh, the offensive rating is first in the NBA and the defensive rating surprisingly, uh, is up all the way to seventh. Uh, the fact that this Houston team, uh, is uh, in the top 10 defensively and uh, bordering on top five is very impressive. And a lot of that uh, you can uh, attribute to the guys like that they acquired in the offseason, like Chris Paul, like a P.J. Tucker and a Luke Richard and Bob Mute. All of those guys have been instrumental in uh, making this a very solid defensive group. And, of course, uh, you know, guys like Capella and uh, Ariza were already solid defenders uh, from last year's roster. Uh, so Houston has been pretty terrific. Uh, they've been undefeated since uh, you know uh, Chris Paul has returned, and they haven't lost a game uh, that he has played in. Uh, so they have been absolutely tremendous. James Harden and Paul uh, have both been uh, you know as good as ever on the offensive end. Uh, Paul uh, has been uh, you know suffered that injury that kept him out a month, uh, knee injury. Uh, but uh, you know despite uh, being limited with his minutes. Uh, and being on a new team, he has looked uh, just as good as ever. James Harden uh, is, uh, you know, uh, a top five player in the league and, uh, in my opinion, has been the best player in the NBA this season, just playing at a uh, incredibly high level, shooting the three ball extremely well. Anytime he gets a mismatch, taking advantage of that, uh, one of the best isolation scorers in the league today, uh, he has just been, uh, you know, and without Chris Paul, he has had the, the you know, the burden of being the main 
creator in the Houston offense, and uh, they haven't uh, really missed a beat even without Paul. And then with Paul, they've been even that much better. Uh, they've, uh, you know, Dan Tony, the head coach of the Rockets, has been able to stagger those two guys. So Paul comes in and plays about the first five minutes and comes out pretty early in the first quarter. Uh, and then when Harden is uh, is leaving, either at the end of the, near the end of the first or at the end of the first quarter, uh, Paul comes back in. Uh, so no matter what, for all 48 minutes, the Houston Rockets have uh, you know one of those elite ball handlers, shot creators on the floor, uh, and and it has uh, really benefited their team. You know Houston struggled a little bit uh, when Harden came off last season, but that's no longer the case. Uh, they have been uh, an excellent offensive team pretty much at all times. And again, that defense, uh, you know, almost keeping up with their offense has made them that much better. And, uh, you know, it's I, I think it's going to be a little bit of a challenge for Golden State, you know, a team that has had the best record in the league pretty easily the last few years. Uh, I think Houston's going to challenge them this year and try to vie for that uh, top seed. And uh, Golden State, you know, uh, uh, considering the way Kerr likes to rest his guys and not push them too much. I wouldn't be surprised if Houston goes out and, and gets that one seed, uh, but uh, it'll certainly be an interesting race to watch. The other team in that Tier 1, I just mentioned them, it's the Golden State Warriors. Golden State with a 22-6 and record. Offensive rating is second in the NBA, and defensive rating is sixth. Uh, the defense a little bit down from previous seasons, but but still uh, close to elite, and I feel like uh, you know they're going to pick it up uh, as the season wears on. Uh, but uh, you know the Warriors really solid all around. Uh, I've really enjoyed uh, seeing the play of Jordan Bell, their uh, uh, rookie draft pick in the second round. I think he's been arguably uh, one of their better centers. Uh, David West has also played extremely well at the center position, so they're getting. Uh, you know, even more production uh, from, you know, their weakest position on the floor. And, you know, when Curry and Durant, Thompson and Green have been healthy, you know, those guys have all looked pretty much uh, like their usual selves. Um, The only things I've noticed, uh, you know, in terms of potential uh, drop-offs in their game, Curry not quite shooting lights out from three like he has in years past. Uh, You know, he had a couple of seasons where he was in the mid-40s, uh, and, you know, with the volume that he uh, he has, shooting so many at that high a percentage was just ridiculous. Uh, that has dropped a little bit. He's in the high 30s now, uh, and, you know, that still makes him extremely dangerous, but not quite as lethal as he, as he has been in years past. Uh, so that's a little bit of a problem for the Warriors. But, uh, you know, the fact that they also have Durant now to lean on, uh, Curry doesn't have to be quite as dominant offensively for the Warriors' offense to still be dominant. Uh, so, you know, as I said, the defense, uh, you know, maybe struggling a little bit. I think that's just a matter of they've been to three straight finals, won a couple of titles. Uh, you're going to get a little bit of a malaise with that sort of thing. Uh, but uh, certainly Golden State uh, still the favorites in my eyes to win the title. And, uh, you know, I would say, are probably still the favorites to end up with the best record. But as I said, Houston uh, certainly going to challenge for that. Uh, so those two teams are, uh, you know, in my opinion, head, in, uh, you know, head above heels better than just about any other team that we've seen in the league so far. Uh, and that brings me to Tier 2. And leading Tier 2, 
uh, is the Boston Celtics. Now, of course, with their 23-6 and record, you could say, well, why aren't they in Tier 1? You know, the, the Warriors are 22-6. and uh, But, you know, you look at uh, Boston's offensive rating, they're at 14th in the league. Now, their defense has been phenomenal. Their, uh, their defensive rating is first. Uh, but their offense still is a big concern for me, especially, especially uh, without the likes of Gordon Hayward. Uh, you know, they just don't quite have enough offensive firepower. You know, you you got a guy like Kyrie who has done a pretty good job keeping them, you know, in the middle of the pack on the offensive end of the floor. And Al Horford has played extremely well. Uh, but uh, they just don't quite have enough offensive firepower in my eyes uh, to be in that Tier 1 of Houston Golden State's caliber. But uh, Boston's defense has been terrific. I did not expect this uh, this team to uh, put up this good of a record after, you know, Hayward uh, had that horrific injury. Uh, but, you know, they've relied on their defense, and they've been a defensive juggernaut, and mainly because, you know, they've played big uh, everywhere other than point guard. You know, obviously you've got Kyrie at about 6'2 at the point guard spot, uh, but then, you know, you're starting the likes of Jalen Brown at the two at about 6'7", six, 6'8". Six, uh, and you've got guys like Jason Tatum, who's 6'8", Marcus Morris, who's 6'8", uh, Marcus Smart, who's about 6'4", but he's got a big wingspan and really strong. Uh, and, and, of course, Al Horford, guys like Aaron Baines off the bench. Uh, they just have so many of those versatile guys. Al Horford really moves his feet well for a center also, so... You can switch a lot of those plays. They can really switch two through five and and not be at a horrible disadvantage against just about anybody. Uh, so their defense has really been phenomenal, and that's really uh, carried them to this uh, really impressive start that they've had. Uh, but you know the offense just not quite good enough for them to be uh, in that tier one category. Another team in tier two, I've got the Cleveland Cavaliers. Of course, they would just uh, went on that uh, really nice extended win streak. Uh, their record is 20 and 8 overall. Their offensive rating is third, where their defensive rating is 23rd. Uh, you know, there were a lot of alarms going off at the start of the season when the Cavs were really struggling. They were dead last in defense, and their offense wasn't, uh, you know, as elite as it usually was either. Uh, but uh, actually, you know, Derrick Rose spraining his ankle was kind of a blessing in disguise for the Cavs because he was really cramping the Cavs' spacing. Uh, the fact that Dwayne Wade has now gone to the bench and put J.R. Smith in the starting lineup has has uh, given that starting five a little bit more spacing as well. Uh, and, you know, that's what you got to do with LeBron James. You need to give him shooting and space uh, to operate. And if you do that, your offense is going to be terrific. And it has been ever since they made those couple of changes. Uh, and their defense has gotten a little bit better. It's still poor, uh, but their defensive rating is at 23rd. Uh, better than 30th, which they were for a good chunk of the start of the season. Uh, but, uh, you know, they're playing pretty good basketball, and they're doing so even without the likes of Isaiah Thomas yet. And once he returns, you got to imagine that that, that offense is going to even uh, go up to another level, which is scary to think about. Uh, but, uh, you know, LeBron has been, LeBron has been just terrific uh, so far this year. You know, it's it's really fun to see him have to take on this much of a load and this much of a burden uh, in terms of making sure the offense is clicking on all cylinders. He's been terrific from just about everywhere on the floor, uh, shooting an incredibly high percentage around the basket, finishing just about everything. 
Uh, and then also shooting, I believe, a career high from three this year as well. Uh, LeBron has been uh, absolutely terrific and the sole reason, really, that the Cavs are off to this good of a start. Uh, the final team in Tier 2, I have the San Antonio Spurs. The Spurs are at 19-9, and and uh, they have that record despite the fact that uh, Kawhi Leonard just now made uh, his return and played in his first game. Uh, they ended up losing to Dallas, but uh, the fact that they had that good of a record without Kawhi is, a sh- is just a sign of how good Greg Popovich is as, as, as a head coach and how good this Spurs uh, culture and system is. Uh, and LaMarcus Aldridge has been, uh, you know, secretly one of the best players in the league this year, uh, averaging around 23 points a game. He's just been uh, absolutely phenomenal. Uh, you know, being the number one go-to option, I think, uh, has allowed him to be in a little bit more of a rhythm, knowing that he's going to get uh, plenty of touches every night. And it'll be a, um, you know, an important thing for Greg Popovich to bring Kawhi back while still trying to get uh, as much out of Aldridge as he's been getting uh, you know, so far this season. But San Antonio, their offensive rating at 15th, of course, uh, you know, now that Kawhi's back, that should improve some. And their defensive rating, like it's been, uh, you know, for quite some time uh, in the top five, they're at third in defensive rating. So the Spurs round out Tier 2, and now we head to Tier 3. Tier 3 starts off with the likes of the Toronto Raptors, who uh, are 17-8. and eight and uh, third in the Eastern Conference. Their offensive rating is fourth in the NBA, and their defensive rating is ninth. Uh, You know, this Raptors team, uh, you know, with Dwayne Casey uh, at the helm as their head coach, uh, are trying this year to be a little bit more three-point happy and play a little bit more of a modern offensive game, and uh, that has worked. They're in the top five in offense. Uh, and I think a large part of it has to do with, uh, you know, their their young guys that they've uh, incorporated into this team. Uh, you know, Masai Ujiri, the team's general manager, has done such a good job of keeping a competitive roster of, you know, veteran players like your Kyle Lowry, DeMar DeRozan, Jonas Valanciunas, uh, but then incorporate young players, have good draft picks like uh, your, your Norman Powells, your DeLon Wrights, uh, your Jakob Pertles, and uh, OG Ananobi, uh, the rookie draft pick this year, uh, you know, is surpassing just about anybody's expectation, not only in terms of the fact that he's out on the floor, but how he's performing. Uh, he uh, he tore his ACL, I believe, uh, early uh, in 2017, and uh, most people thought he wasn't going to be co- able to come back maybe at all this year, uh, but uh Certainly uh, not sooner than uh, the early portions of 2018, but he came back pretty much at the start of the season. And, uh, you know, so his recovery, his timetable was a lot sooner than most people expected. I think that's why he kind of dropped to, I believe it was 23rd in the draft, uh, and fell that far is because people were concerned about that injury. Uh, but he seems uh, he seems fine. He's playing pretty good basketball. He's able to to hit some threes, play in transition, and you know he's got the size to uh, to defend threes. Uh, he's already an okay defender now, and he he seems to have a lot of potential to improve that and and become an elite defender. So another really solid draft pick there, and a guy that's been able to contribute to a winning team right away as a rookie, which you know those guys are pretty rare. Uh, but, uh, you know, Toronto relying a lot on those uh, young players, and, uh, you know, that has made their bench one of the better benches in the NBA. 
and Kyle Lowry and DeMar DeRozan have still, you know, are still playing at uh, a pretty elite level. Uh, I still, you know, seriously question their ability to win a playoff uh, series or two, uh, you know, with those two guys as your main men. Uh, they just uh, they struggle too much in the playoffs. They're way too inconsistent when it gets uh, into that into the postseason. Uh, but uh, as far as the regular season are concerned, they've been a really good regular season team for a few years now, and that's continuing this year. Uh, the next team in Tier 3, I have the Minnesota Timberwolves. Uh, they are 16-12. and 12. Uh, Their offensive rating is 5th in the NBA. Defensive rating is 25th. Uh, so the defense is uh, still a big problem. Tom Thibodeau, you know, the guy that they hired a couple of years ago to be the head coach, you know, he's known for his defense. He just really has not been able to get this team to play good defense. Uh, the, the reason they're uh, so good on the offensive end is just the level of talent they have with the likes of, you know, Jimmy Butler, Andrew Wiggins, and Carl Anthony Towns. Those guys are all unstoppable in various ways. Uh, so their offense has been really good. Um, you know, the additions of Taj Gibson and Jeff Teague uh, has, uh, you know, has benefited uh, the the team's overall ability. Uh, Teague, you know, with his ability to shoot a little bit better than uh, his the guy he replaced, Ricky Rubio, has uh, given the offense a little bit more space. And Taj Gibson has, uh, you know, even though, again, the defensive rating is 25th, when he's been on the floor, they've been a decent uh, defensive unit. So he has uh, provided some stability there. Uh, But, uh, you know, the hopes was when you brought in guys like Taj Gibson and Jimmy Butler that, uh, you know, they would, their work ethic, their defensive habits, uh, their, you know, help side defense, all of those things would rub off on these young players like your Wiggins and your Towns. And so far, there's just been no evidence that that's been happening. Uh, So despite the uh, elite offense that Minnesota has put out there, uh, their defense certainly is uh, is limiting their ceiling. Uh, the next team in Tier 3, I have the Denver Nuggets. Uh, Denver at 15-12 and 12, with an offensive rating of 7th in the league and a defense rating of 22nd. Uh, it's been pretty impressive that Denver has had this good of a record despite the fact that you know they've, uh, they haven't had Millsap for quite a while now and he's going to be out for an extended period of time. And uh, also uh, Nikola Jokic has been out a few games. Uh, but uh, Denver, you know, their offense, as I expected, was, uh, you know, is really good, and I think it's just getting better and better. Uh, and the defense, I think, with Millsap out there is uh, at least uh, approaching average, but without him, and again, he's going to be out for a while, their defense is really going to struggle, so I don't see them really, uh, you know, um, going on some great run without Paul Millsap. I think they're going to be a little bit over 500. Uh, the rest of the time he's out, but uh, certainly a team that, as of right now, looks like they're going to be a safe bet to make the playoffs in the Western Conference. Uh, the next team in Tier 3 is the Milwaukee Bucks. Milwaukee at 15-10. and 10. Uh, They've got an offensive rating of 10th in the NBA. Their defensive rating, <coughs> excuse me, uh, the defensive rating is 18th. And uh, the, the Bucks, uh, you know, after acquiring Eric Bledsoe uh, via trade with the Phoenix Suns, uh, they've been a better basketball team. Their defense has been better. Uh, their offense has been better as well. Uh, Bledsoe giving Milwaukee kind of a second uh, second creator behind Giannis and Tentacumpo. 
Uh, and, you know, it's so important to have multiple guys out there, not only because the defense can't just focus in on one guy when they're both out there, but also when one guy sits, the other guy can help run the offense and uh, make things go smoothly so that you're not just getting killed whenever a star goes to the bench. Uh, so Milwaukee certainly a team that uh, is on the rise now with that uh, recent acquisition and have been playing pretty good basketball as of late and, again, seem to be a, um, a pretty safe bet to make the uh, the playoffs in the East. And the final team of Tier 3, which this one is, uh, is quite a surprise uh, to me, is the Indiana Pacers, who are sitting at 16-11 and 11 overall, offensive rating of 6th in the NBA, defensive rating of 20th. Uh, you know, a couple of surprises about Indiana. One would be, and the most uh, obvious one, would be Victor Oladipo. The guy is playing at an exceptionally high level. Uh, you know, a lot of people were counting him out last year, uh, not having the greatest of seasons alongside Russell Westbrook. But I think we're ha- we're seeing a lot of evidence, and which is why I wasn't a huge fan of Russell Westbrook winning the MVP of that, you know, he doesn't really help his teammates play good basketball. Uh, His teammates spend a lot of time just watching him do his thing. Uh, He doesn't help his teammates get into any sort of a rhythm. And, uh, you know, I think Oladipo suffered from that. And seeing him in an Indiana offense that kind of revolves around him, where he's constantly touching the basketball, he's constantly in a rhythm, uh, he has just been tremendous. Uh, he had a, a terrific game, 30-plus points in the game that ended Cleveland's win streak uh, and then came back the following game and put up, I believe, uh, 46 against Denver in an overtime win. Uh, so he has just been absolutely phenomenal for them. And even DeMontis Sabonis, uh, the other guy they got in the Paul George trade, uh, has been a really good backup center for them. Uh, you know, when Miles Turner missed a few games, they were able to slide him into that role and he's been terrific just in terms of picking and rolling, and uh, he's a really good passer, so when he catches the pocket pass, uh, when the defense you know traps the original ball handler, uh, he uh, can either hit a little floater with his left hand, or he can make any pass to an open shooter or an open cutter, and uh, he's just been terrific in that role. Uh, and it'll be interesting to see moving forward uh, what they do with him and Miles Turner. I don't know how well they fit together. Uh, but certainly they, uh, they've got two really talented young centers there in Indiana. And they've surrounded, you know, guys like Oladipo and, and Turner with shooting and playmaking. You know, guys like Corey Joseph and uh, Darren Collison, a couple of, you know, not great point guards. Uh, you know, probably pretty average point guards, but they're guys that can hit threes. They can drive. They can finish. Uh, they can make plays for teammates. And then you've got guys like uh, Boyan Bogdanovich knocking down open shots as well. Uh, that you can sort of, uh, you know, with the way, with how high of a level Oladipo is playing at, uh, you can sort of see why this Indiana offense is playing uh, as well as they are. So certainly they're, they're the biggest uh, surprise of Tier 3. Now heading to Tier 4. The first team in Tier 4 has to be the Philadelphia 76ers. Uh, Philadelphia at 14-13 and 13 overall. An offensive rating of 16th in the NBA, defensive rating of 15th. Uh, they have uh, been really impressive at times and a little bit disappointing at other times, but uh, certainly Ben Simmons has been everything uh, Philly fans could hope for and then some. Uh, the fact that he uh, you know, doesn't have much of a jump shot to speak of 
uh, really hasn't uh, hurt him much at all. He's so good as a passer and a driver, and anytime people go under the screen, he either just has um, you know, the, the big man set a second screen so he can get even closer to the basket, or he just beats the guy going under the screen to the basket and can still shoot over the top of him at his size at 6'10". Uh, so, and the fact that he can finish with both hands as well, also really benefiting his uh, his play. Uh, but uh, Ben Simmons certainly has been phenomenal. And, uh, you know, the likes of Joel Embiid, again, a guy that, uh, you know, is so talented and played so well last year, uh, but only played 31 games last year. Uh, he's already starting to approach that number this season, which is, uh, you know, a welcome sign uh, for the Philadelphia organization. Uh, and, you know, if he continues to uh, to play a lot of minutes, Joel Embiid is a, a very impactful defensive player and a very talented offensive player as well. Uh, so as long as he plays enough games, I think Philadelphia is going to be a successful team this year. And, uh, you know, the likes of J.J. Redick and Robert Covington uh, playing at the two and the three and knocking down three-point shots, spreading the floor, giving space for the likes of Simmons and Embiid has been so valuable as well. Uh, Dario, Sta- Dario Saric has fit in into that starting lineup with, uh, you know, Simmons, Redick, Covington, and Embiid. And it's worked out a lot better than a lot of people expected. Uh, they thought maybe uh, there wouldn't be enough spacing there, but Saric has improved his three-point shot. He also gives them, you know, uh, a little bit more size. He occasionally will go there and attack the offensive glass. Uh, so he, he uh, you know, brings a few things that, uh, you know, some of those other players are lacking uh, that uh, just gives Philadelphia another dimension. And they've done all of this without the likes of Markel Fultz, who who knows when he's going to be returning, but uh, certainly that's uh, you know a scary situation, uh, and you got to be concerned uh, for him as a prospect uh, with uh, with all this uh, sort of uh, shoulder issues and uh, the fact that he changed his shot mechanics. That's all very concerning to me. But uh, Philadelphia certainly has a lot of talent with or without Fultz, but. If they want to reach their, uh, you know, potential of being a championship-level team, I think Markel Fultz has to pan out for them, uh, considering what they gave up to acquire him. Uh, but uh, Philadelphia starting Tier 4. Uh, the next team in Tier 4 is the Washington Wizards. I haven't watched a lot of them play, uh, mainly because, uh, you know, I don't really enjoy watching the Wizards when John Wall is hurt, and he's been out for quite some time now. Uh, but uh, they are still hanging alive there in the Eastern Conference playoff picture at 14 and 13. Their offensive rating is ninth in the NBA, defensive rating 12th. Uh, their defense has been significantly better by the numbers. I don't know how much I trust that. I don't know how much that is, uh, you know, luck thus far. Uh, but I've watched a couple of their games, including the one where uh, LeBron put up. Uh, I believe 56 on the Wizards, and their defense looked absolutely atrocious that game. So. Uh, I don't know how much I'm believing in the defensive improvement, but if it is real, uh, you know that uh, that takes Washington up a level in terms of uh, a team that can compete and possibly get to a conference finals in the East. Uh, the next team in Tier Four is the Portland Trail Blazers. Portland at 13 and 13 overall, uh, offensive rating 19th and defensive rating fourth. Uh, I kind of uh, you know when I was t- uh, doing the season preview, I, I was kind of down on Portland. I didn't pick them to make the playoffs, in large part because I didn't trust the offense without the likes of Alan Crabb. 
Uh, he was a guy that uh, you know played more minutes than anyone on their team last year, shot 40% from three, and was really a perfect complement offensively to both Lillard and McCollum. You know, he could uh, curl off screens and knock down shots, space the floor, and always be a serious threat. And when they basically salary-dumped Crab, uh, uh, they didn't replace him. They didn't uh, have another guy in their roster, on their roster, that, uh, you know, could fill that role and space the floor. And their offense has suffered because of it. You know, Lillard and McCollum, uh, their numbers are down pretty much across the board for both of them, uh, in large part because of that lack of spacing. Uh, But the reason Portland is at uh, 500 and, you know, still in the Western Conference playoff picture is uh, what's been so shocking to me is their defense. They are fourth in defensive rating. And, uh, you know, there's, uh, as far as their roster is concerned, you don't look at that and say, oh, this uh, is a super talented defensive team. Uh, you, You know, Lillard and McCollum have been you know, talked about for years as being defensive liabilities. I think, uh, you know, McCollum specifically has has improved quite a bit this season on the defensive end. Uh, but, uh, you know, Al Farouk Amino is a decent defender, but a guy like Yusuf Nurkic isn't really considered a, a great rim protector, but uh, he's done a pretty solid job there. And, uh, you know, Portland's defensive scheme uh, on pick and rolls is essentially they will drop the big man on the screen all the way back to the basket and essentially force, uh, you know, the the ball handler to take a mid-range shot or a pull-up three, uh, and they, they don't come off of any of the shooters. They don't help basically at all. They essentially make the, uh, the ball handler and the screener in the pick-and-roll play two-on-two against their two defenders, and it kind of makes the offense play a more selfish brand of basketball, and, uh, you know, that has, uh, has really benefited them. There's only a few teams in the league with guys like Steph Curry and, of course, Houston with James Harden and Chris Paul uh, that can really take advantage of that defensive style and that defensive scheme. Uh, so it has uh, really benefited them, and, uh, you know, if they can keep up that level of defense, uh, they're going to be in the playoff picture despite the fact uh, that their offense is uh, significantly worse this uh, this season. Another team in Tier 4, I have the Utah Jazz uh, the Jazz with an offensive rating of 13th in the NBA, defensive rating of 5th. Uh, they've uh, they've been an interesting team to watch this year. Donovan Mitchell as a rookie has been uh, really impressive at times. Uh, he's had some uh, you know inconsistencies, of course, like all rookies, but uh, he's had some really great games. Uh, I believe he had a 41-point game and also a 33-point game in the last uh, few. Uh, so he's been uh, really terrific. Uh, he still doesn't have uh, the greatest, uh, you know, shooting percentages and all that. But the fact that he can create a shot and run an offense at times uh, as a rookie uh, is pretty impressive. And uh, you know, he's still very young. And uh, if he can just continue to improve that efficiency, he should become a pretty solid uh, creator for an NBA team. Uh, but uh, the Jazz. Uh, like last year, have suffered a lot of injuries. You know, Rudy Gobert was out for an extended period of time, and uh, the Jazz actually went on a decent win streak, I believe a five-game win streak without, uh, or five- or six-game win streak without Gobert, and in large part because they played favors at the five and and, uh, put in a guy like Jarebko at the four and spread the floor, and uh, that helped Rubio quite a bit because Rubio, with his lack of shooting, uh, it's tough for him to play with two bigs that can't shoot that well. Uh, so having, you know, three or four uh, 
uh, three-point shooters out on the floor with Rubio, uh, you know, really helps him play the style of basketball that he's best at. Uh, but, uh, you know, now that Gobert is back and they still have a healthy favors, uh, it's been a little bit weird for Quinn Snyder juggling the rotation uh, because they've basically figured out that despite the fact that uh, Gobert and Favors are two of their top, you know, three or four players, playing the two of them together is not the best way for the Jazz to win basketball games. Uh, so you also want to make sure that uh, you don't hurt their ego, either of the players' ego, by putting either of them on the bench. Uh, but uh, it it might be time to do that. I think uh, if you can convince one of those guys that that uh, you know. They're still going to play a lot of minutes, but uh, they should take a bench roll. If one of them is willing to accept that, I think they should go that route. And uh, if it were me, I would probably try to convince Favors of doing that and maybe start Jarebko at the four, or when Joe Johnson comes back, you could start Joe at the four because uh, the Jazz offense just was not very good uh, prior to them playing uh, You know, guys that could hit the three at the power forward spot. Since they've done that, uh, they've been playing a lot better on the offensive end. And, uh, you know, guys like Gobert, uh, you need him out there to to maintain that uh, fifth-rated defense. Uh, but uh, Utah, I, I, I believe in Quinn Snyder. I think he's an excellent head coach. Uh, he, the fact that they are third with the, the lack of offensive talent that they have is, is really impressive and, uh, you know, sh- highlights uh, how good Quinn Snyder is as a play drawler and an offensive schemer, uh, but uh, Utah is certainly going to have to figure out some rotations and how to best utilize their best players uh, and get their best teams out on the floor as possible, but there's certainly a playoff contender in the West. Another team that uh, has been quite a surprise in maybe a negative way uh, that uh, is also in this Tier 4 is the Oklahoma City Thunder. Uh, the Thunder at 12-14 and 14 with an offensive rating that's 22nd in the league and a defensive rating that's second. Uh, So their defense has been terrific. Offense has been pretty lousy. And uh, the offense, in large part, uh, has been lousy due to guys like Westbrook and Carmelo. Westbrook shooting, I believe, around 49% true shooting, uh, which is really not very good for a guy uh, as high of a usage as him. Carmelo shooting around 40% from the field and 34 from three. Uh, So a couple of guys that... uh, you know, have such high usage, are taking a lot of shots, uh, but just are not hitting at a very high percentage is a big part of why Oklahoma City is not doing too well. And, you know, you play Andre Robertson, uh, you know, a lot of minutes like they have been, and he is an offensive liability. Teams completely ignore him and uh, really cramp the Thunder's spacing. It really makes it much more difficult for Russell Westbrook to get to the basket and finish. Uh, so, you know, their offense has been struggling, and I think uh, a lot of it has to do with their guys just playing better because, you know, the offensive system in Oklahoma City has been pretty stale and pretty boring and pretty lousy for quite some time. Uh, they don't have a lot of off-ball movement. Uh, they really have relied on just their stars creating offense uh, you know, by themselves for quite a few years now. So I don't see that changing. I think it just comes down to is Russell Westbrook and, and Carmelo Anthony, are those guys, uh, are they are they just going to play better? And uh, if that happens, Oklahoma City will be a playoff team. If not, you know, it could be a question mark. As, uh, as talented as this team is, uh, you know, missing the playoffs is not out of the realm of the possibilities here. 
the next team in Tier 4, uh, Tier 4 is easily the biggest tier I have because it's just kind of the teams that are right around 500 uh, that are, uh, you know, trying to figure things out. have had some positive moments, but also some negative ones as well. Uh, but the next team in this tier is the New Orleans Pelicans. Uh, New Orleans at 14-14 and 14 overall, uh, offensive rating of 8th in the NBA, defensive rating of 27th. Uh, they're a team that, uh, you know, with the likes of Anthony Davis and DeMarcus Cousins, uh, you know, with those two on the floor, they've been a pretty good basketball team. Uh, but uh, with Davis missing a few games recently, they were pretty lousy. Uh, it really is going to come down to those two guys staying healthy. And as long as they're healthy, they're going to be at least a 500 basketball team because those guys are that good. Uh, but there's just not uh, enough collective shooting and not enough defense uh, out there that uh, for the Pelicans to really be an elite basketball team. Uh, you know, their offensive rating has been uh, eighth this year, but that's in large part because they're playing the likes of uh, guys like Etwan Moore at the three spot, uh, even though he's about 6'4", uh, and they do that, uh, you know, to get extra shooting out there, but at the same time when you do that, you're sacrificing defense because most uh, threes in the league uh, can really take advantage of uh, of a guy that's uh, playing at that position at the size uh, disadvantage that uh, that is Etwan Moore. Uh, so New Orleans certainly a team that um, you know if Davis and Cousins are healthy again will uh, will be sniffing the playoffs. But uh, if one of those guys goes down for an extended period, uh, it's really going to be a struggle for them. Uh, the next team in Tier Four, I have the Detroit Pistons. Detroit at 14 and 13 overall, offensive rating of 17th in the NBA, defensive rating of 10th. Uh, the Pistons. Uh, got off to a really hot start to begin the season, but uh, since then they've been, uh, you know, struggling quite a bit. I haven't watched uh, many of their recent games to see what's been happening with them lately. Uh, but uh, to start the season, they were playing pretty good basketball. Reggie Jackson uh, was the the one guy I was really concerned with to start the season last year. He just looked like a shell of his old self. I wasn't sure if he was ever uh, going to get back to a hundred percent. And I, I still don't think he has, but he certainly looks better this year than he did last year. Uh, you know, last year I think he was playing at about 40%. But he's, uh, you know, Reggie is looking a lot healthier uh, this season. Uh, you know, he looks more at about 85 90%. Still not all the way back from the form we saw, you know, a couple of years ago with the Pistons and also, you know, in his time uh, with the OKC Thunder. Uh, but certainly his improved play has helped the entire basketball team. Uh, another guy that uh, has improved, uh, of course, is Andre Drummond, and uh, the biggest thing that he's improved is his free throw shooting. Uh, you know, he was shooting in the uh, 30s uh, in the percentile, uh, you know, for most of his career. This year, he's uh, he's in the low 60s, uh, so, you know, a huge uh, improvement uh, in that area for Drummond, and, you know, not only does that help your team in terms of you're making more free throws so your team is scoring more when you're fouled, uh, but, uh, you know, the fact that Drummond and uh, especially Coach Stan Van Gundy is confident playing Drummond at the end of games and not fearing that he's going to be fouled like he's been, uh, you know, in the last couple of years has uh, has allowed Drummond to play in crunch time. And, you know, he's the, the Pistons' best center, so the more minutes he can be out there, the better the Pistons are going to be. Uh, so certainly that has helped. Uh, you know, a guy like Tobias Harris has improved this season as well, uh, and he, is, uh, he has really uh, brought a lot of that offense uh, and, uh, you know, 
provided uh, the scoring punch that the Pistons need on a nightly basis. Uh, so Detroit has been better, and I look for them to you know, continue to be in the playoff hunt in the Eastern Conference. The next team in Tier 4, which is a little bit of a surprise, is the New York Knicks. Uh, New York at 14-13 and 13 overall, an offensive rating that is 12th in the league, uh, with a defensive rating that is 16th. Uh, you know, it pretty much all comes down to Kristaps Porzingis. Uh, you know, the guy has shown flashes in previous years of uh, games where he'll score 35 points. Uh, and, you know, you, you see the tool set. You see a guy at 7-3 that can really shoot the basketball. Uh, but, you know, prior to this year, he just hadn't put it together on a consistent basis. Uh, but this season, uh, he has done that and then some uh, consistently, uh, you know, putting up 30-point nights, averaging, I believe, in the high 20s so far this season. Uh, so, you know, he has been a consistent, dominant, franchise-level player uh, for them this year, which is, uh, you know, whenever you have that level of talent on your roster, you're going to be a team that can compete on a nightly basis. And uh, so New York, you know, uh, sitting at a game above 500, a little bit of a surprise, but certainly with the way Porzingis is playing, uh, you can imagine that is going to continue. Uh, another guy, uh, Frank uh, Nilakina, the rookie, the eighth overall selection the Knicks took, has been pretty promising. Uh, he's shown flashes as, uh, you know, a, a passer. Uh, he's played pretty solid defense. That was his, you know, main positive heading into the draft was that he he seemed like he was a guy that was going to be a pretty good defender right off the bat, and that has uh, proven to be true. Uh, he's also knocked down some threes as well. Uh, you know, if he doesn't, uh, you know, amp up his creative abilities, you know, his ability to create his own shot, uh, you know, his ceiling can only be so high, but a player that can knock down threes, play solid defense, and can pass the basketball, uh, you know, is is something that every team needs, and certainly, uh, you know, around a guy like Porzingis, he's going to be a great fit. Uh, so New York doing a, a solid job this season. Uh, the final team I have in Tier 4 is the Miami Heat, uh, Miami at 13-13 and 13 overall, Offensive rating of 25th, defensive rating of 11th. Both of those a little bit disappointing uh, considering how well the Heat played at the uh, second half of last season. Uh, but, you know, a good portion of their offensive success last year came down to guys like Goran Dragic and Dion Waiters uh, just being excellent uh, and playing at the, the, the height of their careers, respectively. Uh, but uh, Dion just hasn't been nearly as good this season, not shooting the ball as well, just from basically anywhere on the floor. Uh, his uh, ankle injury that he suffered near the end of last season doesn't appear uh, to be completely healed, uh, and uh, you know that's been that's been a problem for him. Dragic uh, still playing at a decently high level, but not quite as well as he did last year. And, uh, you know, you incorporate another guy like Justice Winslow, uh, who, uh, you know, missed their really great run last season with injury. I, I expressed concern at the beginning of the season about him incorporating him back into the lineup and that hurting their offense because he just is not a very good three-point shooter. Uh, so, uh, you know, that has impacted them as well. Uh, and their defense, you know, hasn't been quite as good as you would expect. You would, uh, you know, I was kind of hoping their defense would be more in that top five range. They've got a lot of good defensive players, a lot of good athletes out there on the floor, and they're a deep team as well. Uh, so maybe that will be something that uh, Spolstra can improve a little bit. Uh, but unless they get better on both ends, they're going to be, uh, you know, struggling to make the playoffs uh, once again this season. So just two tiers left, tiers five and six. I'm going to quickly go through these because these teams are basically, uh, you know, in my mind, already pretty much out of the playoff picture. 
uh, tier five, you know, maybe if, uh, if, uh, if things break right for them, these teams could could make a run for the playoffs. But uh, the first team in Tier Five, and this is uh, you know sad news for Cavs fans, is the Brooklyn Nets uh, at 11 and 15 overall. Of course, the Cavs have their draft pick for this upcoming uh, draft, and uh, you know Brooklyn uh, doing pretty well at 11 and 15. You know better than uh, I imagined they would be, and especially after the likes of Jeremy Lin. Uh, you know, hurt his uh, his knee and is out for the season. I expected that to be, you know, a bigger loss for them than it has been. Uh, but, you know, they've just got more uh, quality NBA players this year, you know, with the additions of Alan Crabb and Damari Carroll and D'Angelo Russell. You know, you've got, uh, you know, you've got enough guys out there uh, that know how to play and are, are proven NBA players and, you know, when you play hard, you've got a good offensive system. You take good shots, uh, and you you play hard on the defensive end of the floor, and you've got at least, you know, okay NBA talent. Uh, you can put together some wins, and Brooklyn has shown that. Uh, another team in Tier 5 I've got is the Orlando Magic. Uh, they were one of the early season surprises, uh, got off to a great start, uh, but since then have really struggled. I've been super impressed with the play of Aaron Gordon. Uh, he's a guy that, uh, you know, in the past couple of years has, uh, you know, there's been a lot of promise and uh, potential that you've seen. Uh, you know, he's a he's a great athlete. He's got really good size, uh, can run the floor and finish, and, of course, had that uh, great display in the dunk contest against Zach Levine where I feel like uh, Aaron Gordon got robbed of the, uh, the dunk contest trophy. Uh, but uh, he's a guy that has really put in work in the offseason, and he completely – basically uh, revamped his shot and improved it. Uh, his shot looks terrific now. He's shooting a really high percentage. He's been in the 40s for most of the year. Uh, and so, you know, you take a guy that really with his athleticism, his effort, uh, you know, was a guy that could average 15 points and 10 rebounds even without uh, any skills to speak of, and then you add a three-point shot to that. Uh, that's a, a really valuable player and a guy that uh, – you know, I think it's going to get paid a lot of money uh, this upcoming offseason. And I think, uh, you know, one of the things that led to Orlando's really good uh, early season start was the fact that uh, their point guard, Alfred Payton, was hurt, and they played a guy like D.J. Augustine uh, at the point, and, uh, you know, he's a much better shooter. Payton really, you know, is a, has turned himself into a solid player, but uh, he just can't really shoot the basketball. Uh, and then they also brought in Maurice Spates in the offseason, uh, you know, Spates uh, backing up uh, Vucevic at the five, uh, you know, stretching the floor and hitting threes. And then Vuce also extended his range and was knocking down three-point shots. Uh, Jonathan Simmons, uh, their acquisition from the Spurs uh, as a free agent, uh, he was hitting threes as well. They almost developed this identity of a three-point shooting juggernaut. You know, everybody was shooting the ball well, even their centers. Uh, but uh, as soon as Alfred Payton came back, uh, you know, that sort of uh, offensive identity went away. They stopped playing spates as much and started playing more of Bismack Biombo, uh, you know, which, of course, Biombo helps your defense, but, uh, you know, he, he doesn't really help any team's offense. Uh, so, you know, they went from this team that I thought was, you know, pretty good offensively uh, to now they're kind of just struggling on both ends of the floor and uh, are starting to bow out of the playoff race. Uh, the next team in Tier 5 is the Charlotte Hornets. Uh, Charlotte at 10 and 16 overall. 
the Hornets, uh, you know, uh, have uh, rely on Kemba Walker a little bit too much. He's basically their only good offensive player at this point. Batum uh, missed a good chunk of the season, and uh, since he's returned, he's been atrocious shooting the basketball at a really low percentage. I believe he's in the 20s uh, from three-point range. Uh, so he hasn't been much of a help since he's returned. Uh, so it's just been so much uh, pressure to put on Kemba uh, to just be tremendous every night to allow them to stay in ball games. And, you know, as good as Kemba is, he's uh, he's missed a few games here and there. Uh, and uh, he's just not, uh, you know, he's not a Steph Curry or a Damian Lillard level offensive player uh, to uh, to keep Charlotte, uh, you know, in the playoff picture. I think they're going to to struggle for most of the season, especially on that offensive end of the floor. Uh, The next team in Tier 5 is the Los Angeles Clippers. You know, I picked them to make the playoffs, but the injuries have pretty much uh, removed that possibility. Uh, Blake Griffin has been out for a while, and it will be out for uh, an extended period of time. Patrick Beverly out for the season. Uh, They lost their... um, uh, Milos Teodosic, their European signing, who they thought was going to provide some of that passing uh, that they lost when uh, you know they let go of Chris Paul. Uh, so they've just had so many injuries. Danilo Gallinari has missed a lot of time as well. Uh, and you know when you've got four or five of your best players missing significant time, I don't care what team you are, uh, you're going to struggle. And uh, that's been the case uh, with the Clippers. Uh, the next team and the final team in Tier 5 is the Los Angeles Lakers at 10-16. and 16. Uh, They have been, uh, you know, pretty decent on the defensive end. Catavius Caldwell-Pope, one of the better defensive guards in the league, has really improved that team's defense. Uh, you know, Lonzo Ball as a rookie has actually been uh, decent on the defensive end of the floor, showing, uh, you know, pretty good athleticism, and he's got uh, good size at that position as well. Uh, but, uh, you know... Speaking of Lonzo Ball, I think uh, his offensive game has been, uh, you know, a serious disappointment. Uh, he does not appear to be a player that is capable of being an all-star level player based on the offensive performance he's put in so far this season. Uh, he can't shoot uh, from three basically at all. Uh, he's not able to finish at the rim. He has no mid-range game to speak of. Uh, you just can't be a uh, you know a player that's worthy of being the number two selection in the draft if you're this bad on the offensive end uh, but uh, you know if he can improve enough with his shooting over the years uh, you know maybe that will change things and he can become you know with his passing his rebounding and his defense uh, and if he can hit enough shots uh, off the ball you know catch and shoot threes uh, he could become a solid starting caliber player but I think the you know, I already think the superstar, uh, you know, th- aspect of him becoming that level of player is already out the window. I just don't think that's in the cards for Lonzo Ball, unfortunately, uh, for Lakers fans. Uh, now heading to Tier 6, these are teams that are just basically the worst teams in the league, and I don't really have much to say about them. But Memphis, unfortunately, is in this tier in large part because Mike Conley's missed a lot of the season, uh, but also because Marcus Saul has has not played very well uh, and not up to his usual standard. Maybe that's a sign of him aging a little bit. Uh, but Chandler Parsons was, uh, you know, a positive sign uh, at the start of the season. But, uh, you know, he's had some more knee issues now. Uh, so they just, uh, you know, have 
have definitely not gotten enough out of him and uh, his monstrosity of a contract. Uh, so Memphis really struggling. Uh, Dallas, another team that uh, you know I didn't expect them to be uh, that great this season. Dirk, uh, you know I think this is the first season where Dirk is you know a borderline negative player out there, despite the fact that he's still a positive offensive player. He's just so atrocious defensively that uh, I think he's a net negative uh, out there on the floor, and that's sad to say because he's been such a pleasure to watch uh, throughout the years. Uh, but uh, you know, you're playing heavy minutes with uh, a guy like Dennis Smith, the rookie, who has shown some flashes but certainly isn't helping them win games at this point. Uh, and the whole situation with Nerland's Noel is uh, is uh, confusing to me. You know, they, they traded for him. They It looked like, the, you know, he was going to be a part of this rebuilding process in Dallas, but he's not really playing at all. And uh, I don't know really what they're doing with him and if it's just a matter of his attitude being so negative that uh, they don't even want to give him a chance out there on the floor. But with a team that's 8-20, and 20, it doesn't really make a lot of sense uh, for you to be uh, keeping uh, talented players uh, on the pine. But uh, Dallas certainly uh, deserving to be in this Tier 6. Sacramento at 9-18, and 18, uh, you know, they're, I think, a little bit fortunate to be to have that good of a record. Uh, their point differential is one of the worst in the NBA. They've lost a couple of games um, by uh, some incredible numbers. I believe they lost one game to Atlanta by 40-plus, uh, which uh, is ridiculous because Atlanta's also in this Tier 6. Uh, but, uh, you know, Sacramento, uh, their future doesn't look super bright to me. Uh, you know, De'Aaron Fox seems to be a solid player and a solid pick at that number five slot. Uh, but uh, Buddy Heald doesn't seem to be progressing as much as I hoped he would be and, uh, you know, what you would expect, uh, the progression from a first- to second-year player. And, uh, you know, they haven't even been playing the likes of uh, Ascal Labissier either uh, as much as you would like to see him. I th- he was one of, uh, you know, the young players on their roster I was most excited about, uh, but uh, they haven't been putting him in position to uh, develop and succeed as much as I would hope. Uh, but uh, Sacramento, of course, uh, you know, I don't think they're going to be winning a lot of games this year, and that shouldn't be that should be the plan to lose as many as possible so they can get a pretty high draft pick because this is the last pick they have, uh, you know, and they they do not own their 2019 draft pick. Uh, the Phoenix Suns uh, at nine and twenty, another team that uh, you know really uh, uh, I, I'm not really liking their young talent. Uh, they drafted the likes of Dragon Bender and Marquise Chris uh, and Josh Jackson the last two years with uh, all top ten picks, and I don't really like the prospects for any of those three. Uh, so Phoenix certainly not in a great position. And then finally, you've got Chicago at six and twenty, and Atlanta at six and twenty-one, uh, two of the worst teams in the NBA. Atlanta, a little bit surprising to me because I feel like they have a roster full of at least average, um, you know, at least mediocre NBA players. And it's surprising to me that a that a team that has a roster of of guys that have played in the NBA and uh, you know have have played decent roles on winning teams just can't put together a little bit more of a uh, successful product uh, but uh, you know Atlanta certainly really struggling I think with them it might just be a matter of when your best player is Dennis Schroeder 
you can only be so good in this league. Uh, and Chicago, you know, another team that I didn't expect to be very good. Uh, they're, of course, in a rebuilding process after trading Jimmy Butler, uh, but they've, uh, you know, been pretty bad this season. And finally, I, I wanted to uh, just quickly go over uh, who I thought uh, would win the awards, uh, the NBA awards, if the season ended today. And again, we're one-third of the way into the season. Uh, my MVP would be James Harden, Houston at 21-4, and four, and again, Harden playing a lot of games without Chris Paul and, and leading the Rockets and uh, really making them an elite offensive team. Uh, I've got LeBron at number two in the MVP, just in case anyone was wondering. Uh, LeBron has been absolutely phenomenal. I've watched a lot of Cavs games this year. Uh, he, has, uh, he has been spectacular, uh, but Harden just has been a little bit better. Uh, Coach of the Year, uh, I picked Brad Stevens, and I think uh, he is on path uh, to uh, to win that award. A little bit different circumstances than I uh, imagined him winning it. I thought he was going to win in the mid-50s uh, with a team that included Gordon Hayward, uh, but the fact that he's likely to do that without Gordon Hayward, uh, I feel like even makes him almost a shoe-in uh, for Coach of the Year. Rookie of the Year, again, I, I picked Ben Simmons. Uh, I uh, I think I even underestimated Ben Simmons a little bit. I thought his lack of a jump shot was going to be more of a hindrance hindrance on him. Uh, I predicted he would only average around 12 points a game, but I expected his passing and his rebounding, you know, his all-around game to be there. Uh, but it's, it's been his scoring uh, that has uh, impressed me, the fact that, uh, you know, he's averaging close to 18 points a game. Uh, a guy that uh, without a jump shot that can do that is uh, it's really impressive. Uh, so he certainly, I think, is a shoe-in for Rookie of the Year. Defensive Player of the Year, this is kind of a tough one because uh, I don't think there's been anyone that's uh, really stood out. Uh, Kawhi Leonard, of course, has missed most of the season. Rudy, o- Rudy Gobert has missed a lot of time for the Jazz. Uh, Rudy was my pick, but again, uh, with all the time that he's missed so far, um, you know, he's certainly uh, he's still going to have a chance if he can uh, play most of the rest of the year and the Jazz do well on the defensive end, but Uh, My pick if the season were to end today would be Draymond Green. I don't think he's been at his uh, elite best on the defensive end, uh, but uh, lately he's been picking it up. And, of course, uh, Golden State, uh, you know, perennially perennially a top-five defensive unit, and they're right around that mark uh, again this season. So I'd probably go uh, with Draymond. And and finally, the sixth man of the year award, uh, I would go with the guy uh, Tyreek Evans for the Memphis Grizzlies, despite the fact that Memphis is uh, struggling as much as uh, as they have been. Tyreek uh, has been arguably their best or second-best player all season. Uh, he started the season super hot from three, which is unusual. He's he's more of a uh, slasher type of player. Uh, but, uh, you know, he's been really good scoring the basketball for them. They need offense, especially without Conley, and he has provided that. So that will do it for this episode of Duncan Dynasty. Thank you so much for listening. Again, if uh, if you haven't subscribed yet, uh, please do. We are on iTunes. Uh, if you could give us a rating as well, that would be much appreciated. We will be back, of course, next week, and Anthony will be back with me. Have a good evening, everybody. Leftovers or the DMV or house cleaning or Chumba Casino always brings the fun play over a hundred different games online for free from anywhere you could redeem some serious prizes 
ChumbaCasino.com. Live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. Woodwork prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet. But if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox Internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com internet for details.